0: Ashley.
1: Hello, how's it going?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Pretty good. This is so weird to like actually see you um, instead of just like listening to you on Spotify.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're doing it. I'm happy to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's actually really funny because, like, I tried ignoring you, like, that video that went viral. I was like, I'm not going to deal with this today. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) And then, like, it kept coming up, like, five times on my For You page every time I refreshed it. And I'm like, okay, this is a sign. It was nuts. Like, I don't know if that happens with your For You page, but, like, I just keep getting the same videos that pop up randomly. And so, I'm like, okay, so I followed the... uh, the podcast on Spotify, I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. You know, I'm not going to listen to it. I'll just like follow it. And yeah. then I watched the first episode. And I'm like, great. I'm hooked. And I watched like 10 of them within like two days. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you.
1: So, yeah, you're welcome. Um, so it just like chills up my Spotify playlist. So, like, I'm so afraid that like, if I listen to it too loud in my dorm room, like we're going to hear it. I'm like, this is going to be so awkward to try to like explain this.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's tough for people to overhear that and not, uh, and not question, uh, and that
1: question it, yeah, exactly. inquire
0: a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't had that experience on my for you page, but that's, it was the same video.
1: It was the same video, like the one that you went viral for. It just kept popping up. And I was like, oh, I guess like, i got to watch it now. Um, and then <laughs> it just just trailed me into like this addiction of like watching all these videos.
0: Well, I'm yeah. so psyched that that, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I kept push- shoving it in your face, but it sounds like it was okay. a, a good outcome for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> what happened to you?
1: Okay, so I don't really know. I, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Um, okay, so my parents were divorced like when I was two when I was younger. Um, and I actually didn't know that I was molested by my sperm donor, which is my biological dad, up until I was 18. Because um, my brain just repressed all that, which repression is great until like your brain is like, you're old enough to deal with this. And I'm like, not at 18. Like I just moved to college. You know, I was just yeah. trying to like be an adult. It was so freaky. Like I thought I was going nuts for like the first like three weeks of school. And like the only reason why I found out it happened because I took like a general psychology class. And then that we had like a whole topic about repression. It was a whole chapter. We watched like a video about like this girl realizing that like she was sexually abused growing up. And then I was just like, like, it was like a that's so Raven moment kind of (laughs) where like I was just (laughs) sitting in class and I was like, oh my God, like that happened to me too. Um, And then like, I was like sitting in class, like after everybody left and like the professor just kind of looked at me. And they're like, do you need to talk about this? I'm like, no, ran straight to my dorm room. Like for like two (laughs) weeks, I wasn't really sleeping that well. I was like at like probably like the lowest point, like mentally. Um, And then I like actually did go to like a counselor on campus. And I was like, I think I was molested. And he's like, how do you you think that you were? I was like, okay, well, hold up. Like, let me explain. Um, So that kind of like gives some background of like, my whirlwind of experiences with this. Um but really Psych
0: 101 who knew that (laughs) that was gonna be oh that should probably be a mandatory class then I guess. Yeah for real.
1: Like if you want to find your daddy issues go take (laughs) 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 the total psychology classes. Um, But so like growing up I like had a dream and it was like I guess like you would kind of classify it as like a flashback. Um, But like my flashbacks are really weird. Um, so like, like I said, like the that's the so moment, like I just kind of like, it's like weird day vu I'm like, I swear I've like been in this situation before, but like, I can't visualize it until like that night when I'm like having a dream and I was like, okay, I'm not making this up. Like this happened. So like my, I don't know how your flashbacks were or like how they are, but like, that's kind of like how mine are.
0: Yeah. Where's- what I've noticed is I don't really get flashbacks anymore at least in the same way where it's like this thing that I'm worried about happening. I had them happen in high school a couple of times and it would basically just be, it was oftentimes when I was drinking, for whatever reason that would kind of trigger it or it would be like a different emotion that I felt it would be associated with the emotions that I was feeling while I was getting molested, fear or uh, anger or worry. something It felt like uh, similar emotions could cause me to be put back into that mindset. But then as a result of, of talking about it, I'd find myself not being worried about thinking about it anymore. So because I'm not afraid of it popping into my head, I think it pops into my head less. And then when it does pop into my head, I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, nice. Like, it's not like a thing that I uh, am am really afraid of happening. So it's, and that's why I'm all for, you know, think about it as much as possible, you know, go back into, and and it feels like before I was at that stage, when I would think about these things, it felt like I was reliving it. And it it felt like, uh, not like I was getting molested again, but kind of, Uh, yeah, just emotionally. Yeah. So it's almost like when you put yourself back in that position enough times you realize like you're okay. You're not getting molested and and you're totally safe and you can go back into these experiences and sort of actually deconstruct what happened and how you were feeling and allow yourself to feel those feelings without worrying that maybe it would happen again. So um yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely gotten a lot better. <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> but um but yeah, please continue
1: um and so like I always had like this dream I was like on this couch I always hated this couch growing up and I never knew why and now like I'm like a 22 year old adult I'm like this makes sense like the (laughs) full circle kind of thing um where on this couch sperm donor was next to me um and then like he would like grip my inner thigh and then like that would be all I would remember I would like wake up super like panicking but like as a 10 year old you don't really know like a panic attack (laughs) Of and so and I was just like freaking out. I was like, he would never do that, like kind of thing. So I'm like, he's my dad, and now I'm just like, he's my sperm builder Totally two different things. Um, and so when like I would shut down those dreams, and like just because of like what was happening growing up. Um, and so when my parents divorced, and I was super young, um, the reason why they got a divorce was because he was a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> and I I, like joke I joke about all this by the way like this is why I like failed group therapy because I (laughs) joked about it I was like yeah I was just molested this is why I have daddy issues and like everybody like the therapist is like Ashley like you can't say that like I got like three other people crying I was like I don't know what else to (laughs) like I don't know what else to do like this is so so awkward like everybody's like talking about like I got kidnapped and like they got raped and I'm like I just got touched and they're like that's really wrong I was like well I don't know how else to talk about
0: this (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's it, yeah, I would have loved to have been in your group therapy session for that. That would have been perfect. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not for everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I told it's like she actually like reported me to like my therapist, at so, like our campus and it was like she could not come anymore.
0: <laughs> they <laughs> and, like, kick you out of group therapy? Well, that's hilarious. didn't know you
1: could do that but apparently you can um yeah. and so like my therapist is like this is not how you cope with it and like literally i joke about everything like that's just like kind of like how i deal with it um yeah. i'm like i'm not a comedian by any chance but like any means but like i just that's just <laughs> yeah. what i do i make other people laugh saying stupid stuff um, well that's like-
0: basically exactly what a comedian is so uh, yes. you <laughs> yeah. might have to give some stand-up a shot Ooh,
1: i might have a, i might have a shot like, why did I go to college for four years now? At this point, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think about that every day.
1: <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, don't touch me. I'm like 22 credits away from graduating, so I just need a.
0: Hey, need a hit me up program. when you're done. We'll uh, we'll hit some up the mics. It'll be fun.
1: Oh, exciting. Um, so going back, um, basically like he's a paranoid schizophrenic. He had problems with drugs and alcohol, mainly alcohol growing up. Like I never really saw the drug side of it. Um, and then he also had DID, which is like dissociative identity disorder. <laughs> so he, it was a whole cocktail of like, it wasn't like, if anything was going to happen in the house, it was more of like when it was going to happen um, growing up. And I guess like, My mom, like, she knew that something was going on, but like, my little repressive self didn't know what was going on. And Mm -hmm. so I repressed everything um, because I had a sibling and the other sibling I grew up with, like, they went through pretty much the same thing. Um, I was always told they had it worse than I did uh, because they remembered everything. And I was like, (sighs) not me um you know I only <laughs> I only had the couch dream like that I mean like how do you take that to a jury and be like oh yeah by the way like I had this dream but yeah. like I don't know how else to explain it uh, because like I was so young like when they were kind of like going to trial it wasn't like a trial it was kind of like just to kind of gather evidence like they were like trying to get with the school because I was a very angry child growing up like I seem like super nice and happy-go-lucky but like I literally like CPS got called on my mom like I don't know how many times because like I would just scream in my room and like slam my door shut <laughs> and like the cops came over they're like is someone okay like we like I live by a whole bunch of old people so like we were the only young family and like the 10 other houses on our street where yeah. like it we we like said it like smelled like perm juice like down the road um <laughs> uh, because it was just like all these old people and so like when i was like growing up and like kind of like trying to process like what was happening and the only way that made sense to me was let me slam my door let me like shove my head into the wall which sounds like super like weird and whack but like that's just like what my little self thought growing up was you know okay um hey, it's, like we
0: all think crazy things when we're yeah. like totally <laughs> feel you you said that your sibling they knew they remembered everything that was going on they had a similar experience and then you said that you kind of went to court
1: yeah so like they were trying i know my mom and then like our side like so my mom's side of the family we all live in the same town like it's really rural northern michigan where we live like super small town it's a village um Mm -hmm. and so like they were like trying to get gather all this evidence you know trying to like make sense of like what was happening because like my sibling they knew everything that was happening like they never repressed any of it like mm-hmm. they were living it and like processing it kind of like what everybody else has been like on this show and then here i am just like i don't remember anything until yeah, i was 18 yeah. and then like when i told my mom about this i don't think i was, i think i was like 19 when i told her because like i just kind of like reached a breaking point like you can only hold this in for so long before like you kind of explode um and i exploded like at my house like full on to my mom I was like you know like the thing that happened with my other sibling and then she's like oh yeah like I know I was like well it kind of happened to me too and she's like kind of and I was like well it did um yeah. and then because <laughs> like I didn't know like it took me forever to like actually like be able to say like I was molested because um, like part of me was like really ashamed of that because mm-hmm. like it kind of makes me feel like gross I'm like oh like great I can't have a normal life and I'm like this is like my daddy issues 101 kind of thing
0: Oh, dude. Um, same. Completely. I mean, that was exactly what happened to me. Like, I, I yeah. w- literally could not say that I had been molested. It was my mom having to ask me, like, if it had happened to me. And then I was like, yeah, yeah but I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to really say that. But yeah, you just get to a point where you can't take it anymore. I was yeah. totally empathized with you there, for sure.
1: Yeah. And so, like, during that time, like, so I was in, like, in elementary school. Um, and so, like, we would get, like, run, like, this kind of, like, trial thingy, whatever it was. Like, I don't think it ever went to trial because, like, we didn't have enough evidence. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, I would always get pulled out and, like, be seen by this counselor. And, like, I remember her vividly. Like, she literally was my counselor up until, like, sixth grade. And I was, like, in second grade. So, like, she was always asking me questions, like, do you know the difference between a good touch and a bad touch? And I was, like, of course. Like, if anybody touches me, like, that's a no-go. But I think they're, like, really trying to, like, see if I, like, if anything happened to me just because, like, I was his favorite kid. Um, because ironically, like, so his family spoke really whack. Like they're all just kind of crazy themselves, Uh, which Mm -hmm. doesn't surprise me how he became crazy, um, (laughs) to be honest. Um, so my other sibling, they have like brunette hair and blue eyes and I have blonde hair, blue and green eyes. And I looked more like my sperm donor and everybody else on that side of the family. Well, my sibling, they did it. And so that's why they got the at the time of what I thought of the abuse, which is like mm. crazy to think of. Yeah. Um, and then like it was so. you like, think okay. because
0: your sibling looked different from the rest of your family, and that's mm. why you think your sperm donor decided to molest them?
1: Yeah, like it was like a like kind of like a not a tradition in our family, but like every time <laughs> we went to like not like okay, not like saying like they got molested every single time, but like I'm just yeah. saying like in terms of like the abuse, because it was like emotional, mental mental, physical abuse that like was always happening to when I was growing up. And so they got the brute of it because everybody down, like so they're originally from Chicago area. Um, and so since they didn't look like me and everybody else on that side, they basically got like shut out. Um, and like, we're told that like, you look just like your mother. Cause like my mom has brown hair, like Gosh, blue yeah. eyes and they're like, it's just like a whole thing. And it like, I'll like kind of explain it like, as like the buildup of like, where I stopped talking to him, like officially cut him out of my life.
0: Just to make sure I have this right. So yeah. your sperm donor is your biological dad and he was the one who molested you, mm-hmm. but he was still like a part of Cause when you say sperm donor, I assume that that means that they're not a part of your life.
1: No, they were. He was a part of my was.
0: life. But he was. Okay. So
1: I was like 12. Thirteen.
0: Okay, so he was the one that y- your mom and him got divorced at at two. Yeah. He's your biological dad, but you didn't have a different dad that you grew up with.
1: No, not at that time. So I didn't meet like my mom. She got remarried a whole bunch of times. Like I think okay. like three other times before she actually like found like her high school friend, which is like super weird. They were like BFFs in like high school. <laughs>
2: sure. And then
1: he like at 13, when I still like cut off all ties with my sperm donor was when he, we actually moved into his house. And then that's when he kind of came up to us. and was like, Hey, I've adopted like three other kids. They're biologically not mine, but now they're mine. Do you want to do this? Like when you turn 18? And I was like, totally. Like I just want this guy out of my life. Uh, because like my sperm donor, like when he found out, I was going to college, he tried opening a parent plus loan through FASFO in my name. So then he can use my credit score, which I don't have a credit score because he freaked me out, um, and like use my loans to buy drugs and alcohol. Oh, um, and like classic. he drained my account growing up. Like I didn't have a college fund. Um, when I graduated, cause he drained that all for alcohol. And so like, when I found out that like, he was trying to open a parent plus loan in my name and like my university called me like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah. Like just trying to like open this account in your name. Like basically the university's like, we flagged him for fraud. I was like, as you should, cause legally he's not my dad anymore. Cause when I got adopted, like literally I remember going to the court and being like, and the judges being like, do you understand that? Like if you get adopted, you don't get anything of like your sperm donor's property. Like you don't get any of his assets. And I was like, there wouldn't be that much anyways. (laughs) A couple of handles of
0: Tito's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, And like he was obsessed with the Chicago Bears. So like I'd have like all this memorabilia. I was like, I (laughs) fucking hate the Chicago Bears. Absolutely hate the Bears because of him.
0: At age 12, that's when you started cutting things off. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: I went like so we when I had visitation with him, it was Wednes every Wednesday and every other weekend that I was supposed to go to his house. And so like growing up, that's what we did. Like between like me being two all the way up until I stopped like really cutting off ties with him at 12. But the funny thing is I don't remember like age six through like 12 at all. Like it's just gone. (laughs) And so I'm thinking like that's when it started happening because at that point, like my sibling, they're two years older than me. And so, mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, they could have been too old for him. And then, like, I was the next best thing, because guess what? Two years younger, it makes yeah. sense. And so, like, th- I think that's why I just, like, my brain was just, like, you have to deal enough with, like, the paranoid schizophrenic side of him. Like, he literally, like, growing up, I remember, like, locking myself in my closet like to get away from him which seems like so absurd and like really super sad but like it's honestly kind of funny like little me like hid in the closet because his fat ass couldn't fit through the door
0: (laughs) that's a pretty good defense mechanism
1: yeah Yeah. or like we had bunk beds uh with my other sibling in the like in the room and like i always was like i'm sleeping on the top bunk no matter what because it was in a trailer so like the ceiling in the trailers are like super short and so he couldn't fit his fat butt off the ladder if he wanted to like do anything with me sleeping, and I think yeah. that's why I hated the couch so much because, like, that's where everything really much happened. Was like from what I remember, basically, like with those like that's so Raven kind of moments, mm-hmm. um, and like those like nightmares is like on the couch. And like, if I had that couch, like, if I inherited that damn couch from him, like, before I like cut off all ties with him, I would like burn it, uh, yeah. to be honest, totally. But, but, yeah, so, like, growing up with, like, that abusive side of him, like, I think that's, like, all, like, my little head could handle at that point because, like, he would tell us, like, go and take out the trash. And I'm, like, okay, I got to pee really quick. It's, so like, I'd go in the bathroom and, go like, just go to the bathroom and I come back out and he, like, flipped a switch. Like, totally different personality. Like, there's, like, an angry one, a paranoid, like, a more paranoid one than him normally, and then, like, one that was, like, super loving and caring. Like, those are, like, the three I don't – they didn't have names, but it was definitely, like – those three were, like, the major things growing up. Um, and so, like, I would walk out of, like, the bathroom and like, go take out the trash. And he was, like, I told you to take out the trash, like, two minutes ago, and, like, you didn't do it. And, like, he threw the trash on the floor and then, like, stormed out. And I'm, like, what just happened? And I, like, picked it up and took it away. And, like, he came back with gifts from, like, the gas station that was around the corner and was just, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to blow up with you, like, at you and stuff like that. It's, like, I just didn't know what was happening. I was, like, what is going Whoa. on? Yeah. So it was, it's not like in the movies, like it is like a light switch moment kind of thing. Um, But like definitely like TV shows don't really show it in my opinion, the right way. Cause like growing up, it was, it was so weird. Like they didn't like be like, Oh, my name is like Lorisa or like some stupid and be like, I like to dress up. Like, yeah, sometimes they are, but like other times, like it's just like a different side of him
2: that Mm -hmm. wouldn't
1: come out. Um, And then like more abuse would happen where like my mom, like he wouldn't feed us good. And, like, when I mean feed us good, it was, like, Mrs. Grass chicken noodle soup and tater tots, like, every mm. single night. And yeah. it took me <laughs> – it sounds, like, so stupid, but, like, I literally couldn't eat Mrs. Grass chicken noodle soup for, like, 10 years <laughs> after. Like, it's just so gross. Like, and now, like, it cures, like, all my stomach aches. But, like, I literally would see it at the store, and I'm, like, I would, like, kind of, like, gag a little bit. I'm, like, that's so nasty. Because we literally yeah. eat that all the time growing up. And so like my mom would like send us over with pork chops to like make like shake and bake kind of pork chops like he can make. Um and then like the little dick would like cook it on his own and eat it in front of us. And it's like, oh, here's Mrs. Grass chicken noodle soup and tater tots. I'm like, bro, what the hell? Like those are our pork chops. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So I think that's like really what kind of happened. Like, and I was just trying to like survive into with that. Um, because like in my town, like growing up to course was really taboo like i mean like this is like early 2000s so Mm -hmm. like growing up in like a small town like the church didn't really want to affiliate with us like my mom like so we tried going to church that didn't really work out because like my paranoid schizophrenic sperm daughter was like that's a cult don't join it at the same time uh-huh. as he like locked us up in his room and like we were like had like a candle it's like a really weird like criminal minds kind of scene like to be honest <laughs> we're like in front yeah. of this bookcase and he's like reading his books about like nazis like taking over germany and he's like the nazis are coming out to get us i remember looking at my sibling and i'm like what is going on? <laughs> like yeah. growing up, I mean, like sh- like they were two years older than me, so like they kind of understood what was happening, and like I know they protected me a lot growing up. Um, but it was just weird. He wasn't on meds, and like that's why they got my parents got divorced growing up, and so like that kind of took it like where we just didn't affiliate with the church, and like the town kind of looked at us differently. Like I know, like growing up in school with the whole like trial thing kind of, the teachers would like look at us differently, like Mm. as like different students. So like they wouldn't take like special time. to like, yeah, you're not gonna be like successful. I think that's like why I wanna be a teacher too is because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wanna be that teacher that I needed growing up because I needed a lot of help apparently growing up. (laughs) I didn't do good at all in school, like especially during the time of like between I was like six and 12. Like I couldn't tell you like in sixth grade what I did that year before because I just didn't remember, and, like, and so, like, academically, like, I declined, because obviously I couldn't remember anything, and, like, my teacher's, like, what is wrong with you, like, you don't even know how to do, like, simple math, which, like, I'm not good at math anyway, so, like, that was like already <laughs> a bad idea, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, like, all these teachers, like, you know, after, like, growing up and realizing, like, all the signs of, like, getting abused, both, like, mentally, emotionally, and then, like, sexually, like, nobody realized like what was happening with me like being an angry child like just not doing good academically like it just kind of like makes me wonder like how many people like kind of like thought something was going on but they didn't say anything yeah. um, and then it wasn't until like I remember in middle school I got pulled away because like our school in the lockdown and then like someone came to like pick me up in my classroom and I was just like okay what's going on and they put me like in this closet and they're like is your biological dad's like supposed to pick you up today from school and I was like what is going on I'm like we're in a lockdown and apparently he like the paranoid side of him like came out to like he was trying to pick up my sibling and I from school and he set up a full lockdown because like he was having like a mental breakdown because he was trying to take us on a vacation um on a Tuesday and it's funny because like my mom put him on the no pickup list which is absolutely hilarious because <laughs> like when you're put on like the no pickup list, like you cannot be like pick up anybody. Like at the time you're not even supposed to be on like that school property. Mm. And so like, he f- triggered this like full on lockdown. Wow. And I'm just like chilling in this closet, like with this, like the same counselor I had from like second grade. I was just want to eat lunch. Like I was like, so focused on because we had Bosco sticks and I was like, I just really want to go get some Bosco sticks. It's she's like, well, no, you can't go out in the hallway. Cause like we're on lockdown. I was like, well, can you give me Bosco sticks? Like, I know I was just like, so fixated on that. And like, yeah. the like what is going on with you?
0: Ah, so the closet really was the, uh, the, the safe place in uh, school I mean, and home. Be, yeah.
1: To be honest. Um, and so like, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Bosco sticks. Like I is always that like a cheese stuff.
0: stick with Tabasco in it.
1: Pizza sauce. And then it's just like a cheese filled breadstick.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It. Love those. Uh,
1: uh, and so like really after he set off that lockdown, it wasn't the first time he did that. That was, it happened like two other more times. And before he was like officially like not allowed on school property.
0: So it's interesting that people had that reaction to your family's court experience. Yeah. Like, why do you think that was? Like, did they know the reason that you guys were going to court because of what happened with your sibling and your dad or?
1: I think they must have. Like, I knew what principal did in the elementary school um, because he was really trying to make the case. Because it was, like, classic, like, my sibling, like, and I, like, we would pee our pants randomly, like, whenever we, like, we got yelled at. Like, we would start, like, peeing our pants. And then, like, obviously, like, <laughs> that's not a good idea, like, not a good sign. Um, and, like, other teachers, like, I think, like, started connecting the dots. And so, it became apparent where, like, my mom was, like, I'm trying to do this. Like, how do you help me mm-hmm. kind of thing? And so, that principal in particular, like, he supported it like, full-on was, like, trying to make a case, but I don't think it ever went through, just because, like, if it did go to trial, it basically gets shut down, because it was only one child's experience, like, it just sounds, like, so messed up, because, it's like, it's only one child, that other child, like, if they were in the same house, they should have been going through the same thing, um, and then it was, like, a whole thing, but that's, like, that's what I remember, like, we don't really talk about it, At our house like because like the really what kind of like started this whole thing of like going to trial and like having a case was because when i was at my my mom's house my cousin like he was watching us and i remember i was again sleeping on the couch but like he didn't do anything he was like perfect cool cousin um and like my nightgown was like around my neck and i started choking and so he unraveled the nightgown but I told my sperm donor and he saw that as, Oh my gosh. Like, I think it must've been jealousy or something. Cause he's like, I'm not the only person like touching her. And I was like, what <laughs> like, is going on? And so like, he yeah. ended up like not staying at our house. Like he, like we didn't even talk to him for like a good two years. Um, and like so never your sperm donor
0: saw your cousin trying to save you. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> he took that as him trying to molest you too.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure. Cause like he, when I told him about it, he was just like, well, did he touch you? And I was like, of course he touched me cause like he was trying to save me. And I think mm-hmm. he just spinned it. And like, cause he was trying to get full custody of us, which in no right mind would a judge give him full custody. Yeah, um, Because like every time like my mom would pick us up, like we had like sunken in eyes. We just were pale because like we were eating good. He ended up getting not remarried, but he had like a fiance girlfriend thing, which is really messed up cause she was like, 20 when she started dating my sperm donor. And,
0: and he was how like, old?
1: He was like 35. Yeah. <laughs> it was so <laughs> gross. I'm pretty sure she was like looking for like a sugar daddy kind of thing. I was like, he's literally mooching off the system. Like, you yeah. couldn't have picked a worse candidate for this. <laughs> and the funny thing was, she was actually a social work major at the college she went to. And when they had their first kid, my half sibling, we were always told that we couldn't change their diaper. And I was just like, this is so weird because she must've known what happened to us growing up. Like she must've had an inkling of what was happening because like my one sibling, they couldn't like change the diaper at all, at all. Couldn't even go by her when the other sibling was naked. And it was like a baby, like like an eighth month old. And, and I was always told like, you can't do anything with the child unless like you're being watched. And I was like, this is like so messed up. And then, like, I remember one night my other sibling, we were playing footsie. And, like, we put our feet together, we were, like, wrestling, and then we accidentally, like, hit each other in our private parts. Like, and then, yeah. like, 20 minutes later, a detective showed up, and, like, all these cops showed up to, like, interview us because, like, they thought, like, my dad's girl, whatever girlfriend, fiance, piece of crap she was, um, whatever you want to call her, uh, basically, like, thought that, like, we were like touching each other like willingly and it was like an innocent accident. And so it was like a whole thing. Like I
0: tell
1: you, I got daddy issues. I got daddy issues.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's super interesting. When he saw your cousin helping you and he asked you if he touched you, you guys hadn't had a conversation at that point about him touching you. Had you?
1: No, like honestly, at that point, like, I think I just didn't, understand because like I was so young like obviously I was between like six and 12 or whatever right. whenever I stopped wearing a nightgown so like obviously like when someone's like oh did they touch you like you don't think as a kid like oh he touched me like in the cooter kind of thing like no yeah. it was more of like he was touching like my neck to like unravel this nightgown that was gonna choke me and like mm-hmm. ultimately like possibly kill me and he was just being a babysitter and like doing his job and so it's, like, so messed up. And, like, it makes sense, like, why stop wearing nightgowns? Because, like, in that dream, I was wearing a Hannah Montana nightgown. I remember Hannah Montana very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. literally, I just remember, like, going to my mom's house one weekend and just being, like, I need to throw out all these nightgowns. And she's, like, why? Well, I'm, like, because I'm a big girl. I need to wear pants. Yeah. And it's because at my sperm donor's house, like, I do remember this now. Like, he never let me wear underwear because mm. it just made it easier to get access to it and i'm just like this is so messed up of and so like for like and then like we always had like i don't like obviously you didn't have like your molestation happen like from a dad like it was like from a friend like it was a dad but like it wasn't like yeah dad. friend's dad yeah and so like my sperm donor would like make us like take baths with him and it was mm.
2: weird like mm-hmm. we
1: were like eight and like we had to take a bath with him And it was messed up. And I'm just like, growing up, I'm like, I will never, ever, like, for the longest time, I didn't want to have a kid. So I'm like, I had such a messed up childhood. Like, I don't want to have a kid. And I found this out recently, that like, being molested is like, kind of a trend in our family. Like, it's either a touchy uncle or a cousin or like a brother or a dad. And I'm just like, glad to know, I'm not the only one in this darn family that's gone through this, but I'm the only one that literally repressed it all. And How like, did you find like,
0: out that it was a trend in your family?
1: Um, that's when I told my mom um, mm-hmm. when I was like 19. Um, because like, w- like, I'm not going to say it was a mental breakdown, but it was pretty darn close to it. Because like what happened was like, I hadn't been sleeping for like a consistently about like two years at that point. Like I would go to college. Like I would literally like pass out, have that dream. Like cause that whole dream of like on the couch, like finished. Where like, I remember like him doing stuff to me and then like me doing stuff to him because he would make me on that same couch and like I felt like I was losing my mind and like I wasn't really accepting that it happened I was like oh it didn't happen it's just a dream whatever but then like I got my first boyfriend at that time and he was a dink um (laughs) and (laughs) just to put it politely like I think I only dated that guy just because um I just, everybody I knew was getting a boyfriend. I was like, everybody thought I was like a lesbian in high school because I'd never dated anybody, which makes sense because I didn't want anybody to touch me. I was just like, I'm just going to literally do everything possible to keep myself as busy as I can. So I can't think about this. Um, And that's that's what I did. And I did the same thing in college too. I took like 18 credits every semester. I literally had no chance for me to like have downtime until I had to drop like two, four credit classes and it dropped me below 10 credits. And I could still live on campus. It was just like really bad professors like... Not a good time. Um, mm-hmm. So I like dropped it to save my GPA, and I became bored. And I was like, "Oh, I'll download Tinder and like meet a guy." Being like as innocent as I am, I was so naive and innocent girl. It was so bad. I'm um, like, I didn't really understand like sex ed until I went to college. I'm like, this is horrible, <laughs> like, <laughs> at all. Um, and I think that was like also my brain like repressing it too, because like they had like a whole like I don't know if you had like sex ed growing up, but like they had like a yeah. whole thing about abuse. And, like, I just remember, like, leaving the class and just, like, sitting in the bathroom trying to avoid it. And I think that was, like, just me, like, kind of, like, protecting myself, too, at the same time. And, like, even, like, my teacher was, like, are you okay? I was, like, I just had, like, a bad lunch, like, just food poisoning or something.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> I ended
1: up going home, and my mom's, like, oh, what was happening? I was, like, I just ate a bad taco at lunch, something like that, mm-hmm. um, to kind of avoid it. So when I dated this guy, it was, like, only, like, a month and a half thing. Like, it was super, like, it was just a fling um and when i dated him we saw uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood did you see that movie
0: no but i love mr rogers
1: yes it's beautiful but there's a lot of daddy issues involved in that movie Uh Um, and i didn't know that i was just like oh it's gonna be mr rogers it's gonna be a great happy go lucky movie and like as we were watching it the guy like put his arm like his hand in the same exact damn spot that my sperm donor did in that dream and mm-hmm. like instantly I like full on had a panic attack in the movie theater. We're like the only people in the movie theater too, which made it like, I guess kind of better. And I just had like the worst stomach ache ever. I had like such bad acid reflux and we actually had to end the date because like I was like throwing up in the bathroom. So I was just like so upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when I was like, oh my gosh, like I really probably should be taking therapy more seriously. Cause like, obviously this is affecting my day to day life. Um, more than it had been before that was like just sleeping.
0: Have you already had psychology at this point?
1: I had my uh, <laughs> psychology class in like fall of 2017. Okay. So this is like winter of 2019. So gotcha. we're like already like a year, two years into college at this point. And so we ended the day, we ended up like doing another day at his place. Mm -hmm. Um, and I must have like a sign above my head whenever I meet boys. They're just like, we victimize this girl. Like it must be like a neon sign that just flashes. Um, because when I went over to his place, we watched like that Scooby-Doo, like that skull Island movie, which is like so stupid, but it was like on Netflix and we're like, we got
0: to watch this. Like just talking about this yesterday. That's so weird. (laughs) Just randomly haven't talked about it in years and now. Yeah. 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 I know the movie.
1: Yeah. So we watched it and, this dude, he's a bigger guy. I don't know why I like bigger dudes, but apparently that's like a trend. Um, so like, sure. he's a pretty big guy. And so we're watching it and then like things kind of get like hot and heavy. And I'm like, no, like I don't want to do this. He's like, are you Catholic? I was like, mm, no, definitely not Catholic. <laughs>
0: I was just like- <laughs> Similar you know, I experiences just, though.
1: Yeah, I was like, I just really don't want this to happen. <laughs> and then like, I don't even know how this dude did it. Like He rolled over and pinned me down on the bed. And then my like eyes were just like, okay, this is actually happening. And my brain is just like, do you fight or flight? And I'm like, my mind was just like, you're going to like flee. And then like, this dude is humongous. Like I'm like 150 pounds, five one. And this dude is like almost six foot, like couple hundred pounds and I'm like okay I cannot flee and so like my mind was like knee him in the balls (laughs) because like at that point like I was like thinking I'm like okay well if I need to I will he tried to kiss me and like I put my hand up I was like no I told you no and he's like oh come on like you're just playing hard to get and so I was like my brain's like kick him in the balls and so I did Nice, full on knee him and then like I jabbed him in the throat and then like I just ran out And then I went back to therapy. I was just like, uh, this is a little (laughs) awkward. Um, And so then that's when I like basically took off a year of dating going into my third year of college because I realized that like, this is affecting me more than I thought it was originally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ironically, my therapist left. I was like, great. He left campus. And then I went back to like, do like another intake. So I had to like see a new person. And then she literally said, your issues are too much for me to handle. Like, you have to go somewhere else to, like, talk wow. about this. And I'm like, girl, you literally are, like, focusing on trauma. <laughs> like, at that point, she's like, we'll go to this, like, sexual assault place. And I was like, well, I wasn't, like, assaulted. Because, like, in, like, at least, like, here, like, I don't know if it's like this, like, in a different state, but, like, that whole, like, Me Too movement, there's, like, a clear divide between, like, getting abused as a kid and then, like, getting sexually assaulted um and like sometimes there's this gray area of like people are like oh you were just molested and that's why I like I had that assumption like a therapy I was like oh, I was just molested like you know you all got like you know raped mm-hmm. and stuff and so it was like really hard for me to like find someone to take me in because they're like oh you just had childhood trauma like you have to go and see a therapist which that meant like my insurance had to get involved and when insurance gets involved then my parents know about it because like my mom didn't really know I was like seeing anybody to talk about this mm-hmm. um she thought I was just dealing with that on my own which mm-hmm. Funny to her that she thinks I can deal with this on my own <laughs> 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 kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I love my mom, but I was like, how can you not see
0: this? Um, yeah, it's it's interesting with the Me Too movement, because I sort of felt similarly just seeing all of these people coming forward, which is obviously awesome. I, the more people that speak out, the better, regardless of the mm-hmm. experience that you've had. But I think part of it is that people who have been molested are oftentimes not... Like when it happens to you, you're not at a point where you're able to articulate what happened very well, if at all. And when the more time that passes, it feels like, you know, the easier it is to just not continue to not speak up, to just stay quiet. And I feel like there needs to be this integration of molestation and childhood abuse into the Me Too movement. And it should be as prevalent as the me too movement is right now a big part of it too is that people not that people don't get uncomfortable with rape and things of people who are adults but particularly with children it seems to just be this thing that people like really don't want to come to terms with yeah uh, that it happens and at alarming rates it's obviously and-
1: very popular with this podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly so i i think that really just comes down to people like yourself speaking up about it and you never know how many people have experienced similar things but just by being open about it you'll uh you'll find out pretty quickly so um, yeah,
1: yeah no kidding
0: but yeah it it is kind of wild we definitely need to have it be more of a me too for kids type thing yeah, going on for real yeah,
1: because yeah, it's like it's like I don't even know like how to like approach it. Like I think that's why I did so bad in that support group. Because like some people like it did like they did have like childhood trauma, but it like evolved, like it happened their whole life. And I was just like, well, it just happened to me like in five years. And that's that's like kind of like gave me like this assumption of like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal. And like I don't say like I don't like the Me Too movement. It just like it makes me uncomfortable because it's like, how can I like you know get to this point where like I feel comfortable in this setting, to, like talking about this, but like if I were to put like you know, hashtag me too. I'm like my Facebook page. Everybody's going to be like, oh my God, you went to college. Like who did this to you? And i am be like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny because it wasn't anybody at college. And like, I just wish that like people like, especially like teachers understood more that like, this is a lot more popular and like, yes, it's awkward, but then like, it turns into this, like, at least we're doing this in like a healthy way. Because mm-hmm. like, I have like the other siblings and like cousins and stuff I have, like they have turned this into like such an unhealthy thing where like they turn to like alcohol dependence or they're just like so obsessed with sex um, to the point where I have like so many nieces and nephews at this point. And I'm like, can y'all like (laughs) slow down? (laughs) And and it's like so uncomfortable because they're like, you know, I always get like pestered by like either like my mom or like now my dad um, who adopted me where he's just like, you know, at some point you're going to have to do it if you want to have kids. And I'm like, I can just adopt. (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) And it's just like so awkward because it's just like, you know, they're like, well, your mom dealt with it. Like, they got over it. Like, you should get over it, too. And I'm like, eh, a lot easier said than done. And, like...
0: Your mom dealt I, with it like she got molested, too? Yeah. Or- oh, okay. Yeah,
1: she had the same thing happen to her growing up. But, like, I think it only happened, like, a couple times. I don't think it, like, happened for, like, a chunk of her childhood. Because, like, for me, like I said, I don't remember from, like, 6 to 12. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, something was going on from 6 to 12. And, like, the more I have, like, flashbacks and stuff the more I'm, like, piecing it kind of together where, like, the more that I don't remember is because that was, like, the worst it got. Like, where it wasn't just, like, him doing stuff to me. It was, like, him making me do stuff to him. And, like, for the longest time, like, I was so disgusted with that. I was, like, that is disgusting. Like, how can you make a child, like, literally do that? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, pleasure himself with, like, my hand. And I'm, like, this is so gross. Uh, But then I was, like, wait a second. Like, I was, like, eight there's no way that i would have been okay with that like understanding it if i had the head of me right now and put it in an eight-year-old little kid's body no way would i've been totally okay with it like i think that's like the thing i struggle with is just like understanding that like you didn't consent to it like somebody obviously like abused their power and like so, that, so I don't know if
0: it was the same with you. Well, we all do that. We all go back into those experiences with the mindset that we have now. And we just think about how ridiculous we were to have not just done something different. Why didn't we ask for help? Why didn't we tell them to stop? Yeah. Yada, yada. I mean, there's an infinite number of reasons and things that we could have done differently. But the reality is, just as you said, it was not a situation where we were able to consent. In fact, it would have taken, we were 10 years behind uh, <laughs> until we were able to consent. I totally get why we all do it but it doesn't serve any purpose, you know, to just like beat up on your old self for, for not behaving different. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to. And I know a, a number of people who did say yes at that age. And even in that scenario, that is not consent. You, you Yeah,
1: they didn't, obviously, they didn't know any better. Exactly. Like, I was like obsessed with sex, like growing up. My poor little pet shops. like I always made them like have sex. Like my other sibling and I would like always do that. And like, we went over to like friends' houses and like we would do that. And like the, like our friends were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, wait, you guys don't understand sex. And they're like, how do you understand sex? I was like, oh, <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> thing. <laughs> Did you say but
0: pet shops?
1: Like littlest pet shops, like this little, like a Barbie, just like on a tinier scale. Yeah. Um, and so like these little pet shops, like they had like their own like houses and stuff. And like, he would always buy us littlest pet shops growing up. Like my uh-huh. stepdaughter would every time any abuse would happen. And it was, like, so weird because, like, he had, like, no money. Like, I don't even understand, like, how this dude afforded that stupid trailer that we lived in, like, half of our childhood. Because, yeah. like, he was just mooching off the system. Like, he literally did everything in his power to not pay child support. I think it got down to like, where he was literally paying, like, $20 in child support for my sibling and I every wow. week to my mom. That's not even, like, enough for us to, like, get groceries for each kid. And, so like, it sounds, like, so messed up, like, the more I talk about this. But, honestly, like, it makes me happy that, like, you're not like sitting there like crying, like. In <laughs>
0: yeah, of course not.
1: <laughs> I actually made people cry. I like felt so bad. I was like,
0: "Wow, oh, and that's, that's like awkward. the worst thing." Like when you when people react that way, and you know, it's not that people are meaning to make you feel bad. It's just a reaction to it. But as a victim, you're like, "Oh fuck, I forgot." That's how people view me and what happened. Yeah, to me. and so I completely get where you're coming from and it is so much better when people don't judge you and i think a big yeah. part of that is not judging your own experiences getting to a point where you're like okay this happened and like there's nothing that i can do to change it but i can totally change my perspective on it and yeah. i think the more you accept yourself and what you've been through the more you're able to accept what everybody else has been through mm-hmm. and who they are and uh yeah it's it's um it's all good <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, like oh, God. oh sorry no no Me with relationships, it's really hard. I don't know if that was like how it was when you first started dating. Cause like I've never dated in high school. Like, cause I just never even opened that avenue. Like that's why everybody thought I was freaking lesbian in high school. They're like, oh, you never slept with anybody. I was like, this is really awkward. It's like, how do I like explain to you? Cause like at that time. Yeah, I beat you guys to
0: it. You just don't (laughs) know. Yeah, by a number of years.
1: (laughs) Beat you to the race, man. Um, But like, I didn't, I didn't know at that point. I was just like, I just don't like to be touched. I full on like would freak out if like someone would brush against me in high school like mm-hmm. in the hallway i would like flip out and like all the teachers were like uh you okay i'm like oh, yeah, just having a bad day it's like it's that time of month and like i think all those teachers most of the time i was like freaking like an emotional roller coaster of just like blowing up at people that like would like accidentally like, touch my thigh like that really like for me is like so hard Is like having yeah. someone like touch that same like my left thigh for It's just the left one for some stupid reason. The right one is okay. The left one, not okay. I got into a year relationship and this is like at the point where I'm like, I'm gonna be open with him. I'm gonna tell him everything that happened. Told him like if like I don't have sex, like I hope you're okay with that. Like you can do whatever you want to please yourself other than cheat. And I'm like, you can do whatever you need to. But I was like, for me, like it's a no-go. Like I'd rather have a relationship that's like not all around sex. Cause like at college, like that's all everybody wants to do. And I'm like, I want like something that's different. And I was going to tell him, but the guy did tell me that he had such bad depression that like, it reminded me of growing up with my sperm donor, um, up to the point where it was just like, he always had to have me like help him through his episodes, which like I had to do with my sperm donor, like to get him through like his bad days. Like I had to cook for him, I had to clean for him, and it like didn't get to that point, like where I had to do that. But it was just like I always felt like I had a child, and and then I was just like I literally had like this realization during quarantine. So we did during the whole quarantine thing, and like yeah. in Michigan, like the whole state shut down, like literally for about a good like two and a half months, where like you couldn't travel from like downstate to up north, mm-hmm. um, and I'd go to school like 150 miles away from my house and. So, like, he was from, like, Detroit area. I was from the northern part of it. And so, like, that was, like, the best time. I was, like, long-distance relationship, no touch, no nothing, perfect. Like, (laughs) I need to do this more um, kind of thing. Um, And then when quarantine got over, he actually ended up moving up north, like, where I live. And then he started getting, like, more, like, I want to, like, we should have sex. And I'm, like, no, not ready for this Mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing. And it got to the point where, like, I, I never told him because I didn't think he could handle it. Because like he was dealing with his own problems, and like he ended up like abusing drugs and alcohol with like his ant like depressant like antidepressants. And then I'm like, yeah this is like history repeating itself. I don't like yeah. to say history repeats itself. I'm like it sure does rhyme kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. this is like really awkward. So I ended up cutting it off with him, and then I ended up getting into a relationship with another good friend of mine uh, down at school, and. I was actually open about it. I was like, this is what happened to me when I was younger. Like, if you want to run, this is a good time to run. I flinch all the time. And, like, I feel so bad. It's like, I can't, like, shut that part of my brain off. And I think, like, that's what I struggle with. And, like, doing this is, like, obviously, like, making me, like, freak out a little bit. Like, I was so scared to do this. But now it's just, like, nothing, like, to be honest. I love Um, it. Yeah, it's like it was like I was literally shaking before this. I was like this is going to be so awkward. This is going to be so awkward. I literally was like <laughs> opening my laptop and like why am I doing this? And now I'm just like we're like an hour in, like my face is like probably red as a tomato, but like we're yeah. going through this.
0: Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad that you uh that you powered through. I mean, I know the feeling. It, it it's similar to doing stand up about it. It's like, wow, yeah. like this is is this, this is really what I'm going to do right now. And then you do it and you're like I'm so thankful to have just like powered through the the nerves and uh so so that's great. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about when you uh, spoke up to your mom initially, yeah. after you had psychology and you realized all these <laughs> things were happening. Yeah. Can you talk about that experience and what it was like? H- how did you, how did your mom get to the point where she ended up telling you that the same thing happened to her?
1: Um. So it was kind of weird. Cause like we had a lot of family stuff going on at that point. My grandma, we found out she had dementia. And so like my mom was just like always hanging out with her and like my homework from my therapist at the time was like you gotta tell your mom like you gotta tell somebody because like I didn't tell anybody like at that point it was just like HIPAA was the only thing like from like me telling another person I was like there's no way I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy because like that was the thing I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy because like when you come from like a house that's so mentally unstable and you say like oh my dad had paranoid schizophrenia everybody looks this distance i like oh you have a 50 50 shot Of you becoming a paranoid schizophrenic too and i was like no we're not gonna look at those statistics right now i am just like trying to live my life as a normal human being and i also got put on like sleeping pills but they weren't sleeping pills so they're meant like if you have depression um to kind of like sedate you a little bit but if you don't have that wiring in your brain right where you do have depression it literally knocks you out but it's not a sleeping pill so it's not addictive and so i started going on those but when i popped one of those like little 25 milligram pills I slept for like 17 hours straight Mm. and I woke up for like two hours and took a four hour nap. I literally slept the whole day away because like I literally haven't been sleeping for two years. And so like my mind was just like sleep kind of thing. And like, I didn't have nightmares. It was perfect. And then like three days went by and my mom is like, you need to tell me like what you're on. Cause like, she knew I went to my doctor for my physical. and Like she almost called the doctor to break HIPAA and be like, what in the world did you give my daughter? Cause like, she's sleeping and like, she's totally depressed. And like, I was like, I need to tell her I can't tell her I literally was like on a deadline of like three days before I left for school again because it was like winter break and then I went upstairs and we got like this really huge argument and then I ended up going downstairs and like slamming my door shut and I was just, like it was just about like having my mom like spending all of her time with her mom and like never having enough time to like you know talk with me and I need to talk to her and she's like what well, we want to talk about I was like I can't talk about it right now because like it has to be like this like two or three hour thing where like you can't be doing anything you can't have like any other prior obligations because like obviously like it's an important thing to talk about but like she was just more of like oh god she's pregnant (laughs) like no it's definitely not that and i ended up like going on a hunger strike i didn't eat at all that night didn't go up to dinner Mm -hmm. and then i went upstairs that next morning and my mom didn't have anything going on that day and i was like i gotta tell you something and then that's when i told her and she's like oh my God, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. kind of thing where she's like, you know, the same thing happened to me too, you know, but like, it was with my cousin, but like, from what I understood from it, it was only like a one and done thing. They ended up like removing that cousin and like, she just never talked to that cousin again. Um, And then I was just like, well, from what I remember, this is like, because at that point, I only knew what happened in the dream. I didn't remember like me doing anything to him, him like doing more to me or anything like that. It was just strictly that dream. And she literally was like, if I would have known, like, if we could have gotten this information out of you when you were younger, like, you wouldn't have had to go over to his house anymore. I was like, well, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Yeah. And (laughs) I was like, sorry to inconvenience you. And then we just never really talked about it again. And then, like, we found out one of my cousins that's, like, really close to their family, like, she kind of went through something similar with her half-brother or, like, whatever. It's, like, a whole thing. Um, and then like my mom would kind of like talk about it more and be like, oh yeah. Like, and like have me like sit in those conversations and I'm like, this is really kind of triggering. This is really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because then like my aunt knew and then like my uncle knew and then like more people kind of like knew, but they didn't know the extent of it. And then it just like, was this is like really awkward thing, but like, we just really don't talk about it anymore. So my sibling and I work, we worked at the same grocery store. I was a bagger. They were a cashier. We made a dream team bagging up groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, he would come in and he would like insert himself in our line. And then he would have our half siblings or like, he would catch us, like guess we're stocking aisles with our siblings. And like, they'd be like super excited to see us. And then he's like, they really miss you. You should really come over and like, hang out with us. I was like, this is really messed up. He literally got banned from that grocery store. He (laughs) couldn't come in because he just like kept stalking us. And he would send in like family friends to be like, you should really go see your dad. I was like, he's a sperm donor, not a dad kind of thing. And that's where like the whole trend of using sperm donor for everything kind of came from. Um, And then I haven't talked to him. Like, I know he wants to see me, but I'm just like, nope. Now that I know everything, I was just, it's like, yeah, I will literally probably punch you in the balls or something. um, And yeah. or kick you there. <laughs> Did it once, I'll I do just, it again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. I mean, like, at that point, like, I know I can do it. I'm just, like, just giving you the right thing. And, like, it's so funny because, like, with my boyfriend now, like, I literally tell him, I'm like, uh, by the way, I fight. I don't fly. like yeah. like, <laughs> um, and he's like, Just "Don't hit me, the boss." I'm like, "I'll like throw a punch you instead." He's like, "Just don't do."
0: That. Yeah. So, how did you get to the point where, going from the initial experience of having this dream come back into your head, and then progressing more to having more and more memories coming back, how did you get to the point where you're at now, where you felt like you were able to come on here and speak publicly about this?
1: well it kind of like all happened really recently so like when I broke up with my boyfriend um that I was like dating for a year I was like I need to stop dwelling on this and like pretending it didn't happen because like obviously it did I think that was like the hardest thing for me and like then your podcast I was like because like you really feel alone when you first start this because like even like going to that support group no one was really victimized as a kid like it happened to them like when they're old enough to understand it and it's, like, you feel, like, so lost, and, like, and it didn't help that I've been taking, like, all these freaking psychology classes for, like, the education program, yeah. <laughs> so they literally, like, have whole chapters devoted on like, sexual, like, abuse, and how it's different from, like, sexual assault, and, like, it's so weird, because it's, like, I just found out about this four years ago, and I didn't have time to, like, process any of this when I was younger, it's, so, like, it literally, like, a crazy roller coaster of, like, emotions, and, like, um, and so, like, when I found your podcast and I, like, finally, like, the heavens, I don't even know what, like, happened to, like, me having find this video, like, six times or five times on my For You page. And, like, I watched, like, I listened to your story. I was like, dude, like, he went through repression, too. And, yeah. like, we kind of went through the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, like, Every story is not the same, but, like, we all have, like, the same feelings and stuff, like, associated with, you know, getting abused as a kid. Especially when you're so young. You're literally going through puberty yourself, so you're like, oh, I kind of liked it. But then you're like, wait, like, that's my dad, like, kind of thing. And I think that's what really disgusted me in a sense. Like, how was I okay with it? How did I actually enjoy it? you know, being so young. And I'm like, wait, that's stupid. Don't say that. You know, I was like nine when I started my period. It was a really weird time. <laughs> like, I remember like also like him, like giving me like shaving tips down there. And I was like, that is like really not a good thing to talk about. And, like, I just remember that like vividly, like growing up, he's like, oh, this is what you do for razor burns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's classic, classic molester <laughs> conversation where it's just like trying to normalize these things, talking about yeah yeah, it's not weird for us to be discussing this kind of stuff. Sure. Like
1: taking a bath with him at 10, totally normal. Yeah, Um, exactly.
0: Anything that they can do to sort of make it seem commonplace is, uh, is definitely in the cards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, and then like when I binge watch, like, 10 episodes it was nuts and i submitted that video i was like i literally submitted it i was like how do i go back and unsubmit it like how do i tell them i don't want to do this anymore and then i was like wait like you have literally been doing this for four years now and i'm like i want to have a quote-unquote whatever the frick normal is life move on like not move on but like just like turn the chapter over and be like yes it happened like yeah i still flinch like when things get hot and heavy like i do cry and it really freaks out the other dude and i'm like so sorry. But yeah. like, it kind of like evolved to the point where like a couple of weeks ago, like when I submitted that, I was like, I'm just done. Like I'm done feeling bad for myself. Like I tried journaling. I'm like, journaling sucks. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like it helps some people. But for me, I'm just like, why do I have to write a letter to this dude? Like being like, why did you have to touch me? Like, yeah.
0: like or, um, I think so a big I'm- part of it is like, there are all of these different methods for healing yourself. And I think a lot of people do get discouraged when maybe the first or second or even third thing it doesn't seem to do the trick but there is something that will work and you just gotta keep trying and not be discouraged by whatever experience you have with whether it's journaling or for me meditation has been like the most helpful thing out of anything that i've tried really yeah definitely especially for like anxiety and 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 that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's different for everybody and um yeah you just gotta gotta keep trying things until you find something that works
1: yeah it's just like i just i need to be talking about this i need to be open with it because like for my therapist i'd be like oh yeah i had a flashback and she's like do you want to talk about it i'm like okay no and she's like okay we don't have to talk about it like we can just turn it on i did that for like a year and a half
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then like i had like a flashback like it was like where i found out like i did stuff to him mm-hmm. um and i was like i had this really bad flashback and she's like do you want to talk about it? i was like nope but i know i got to and then like ever since then it has been, like, so much more easier just to function as a human being. <laughs> like, just Love talking it. about it because I'm like, oh, I feel like I can continue on my day. It's a part of you, but, like, not in a bad way. And, like, I think that's what I've gotten to accept is, like, it happened, but it doesn't define who I am, which – Took me literally like four years. I'm like, I wish I could just like slap my younger self and being like, can you just snap out of it? Like, yeah, it happened. But like, it's not your fault. You didn't ask for it.
0: For people that have been dealing with something similar, especially with repression and things like that. What kind of advice would you give to people who have been through something similar?
1: Uh, for me, I just wish someone told me it's okay to be overwhelmed because, like, you literally have, like, deja vu and you just, like, instantly, like, snap out of it. But, like, it literally happens, like, over a second. You literally feel like it's happening, like, within, like, an hour of, like, having everything, like, come back to you. And then it's, how do I deal with this? And I'm literally, like, sitting there and I'm like, uh. I'm not gonna be able to sleep and like and then I force myself to not sleep because I'm like great I'm gonna remember this like it's kind of like a trend for me and I like, it's totally different for everybody else that's just like how I repress stuff and it's like not like textbook repression but like you know my therapist is just like that's kind of cool I was like it's that cool um <laughs> and kind of thing um because she's like she's never heard of it being like that before like it's always been like a flashback where like you understand it all it doesn't happen like over the course of days where yeah. like my flashback can literally take like a full week for me of literally just like doing the bare minimum where people ask me like, are you okay? And like, I literally have like eye cream for like when I have those days and like weeks where I can like put it under my eyes so like nobody knows like I'm getting no sleep, um, which is so bad. But like, I guess just like, it's okay to be overwhelmed and like take it your speed. Therapy is like really your own pace. Like there's no, you have to meet this deadline. And I think that's what I was like looking for in therapy for the longest time was like, you have to meet this deadline. And, like, I think that's why, like, my first therapist, like, gave me that, you know, like, you need to tell your mom before you come back for winter break. If this is, like, you've been literally talking about this all semester, like, having to talk to her, like, you need to go and tell her. And then when I finally did, I was, like, huh, that wasn't that bad, even though, like, we're all crying and, like, what else can I do? And then, like, I started, like, taking bigger steps of, like, telling the people I was seeing, like, hey, like, something happened when I was younger. And then, like, being able to the point where, like, now, like, my relationship, I'm, like, yo, i was molested like it happened and like i understand that like i flinch and i try not to i like you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you kind of remind me of my like you don't look like him but like you kind of remind me of like a very time like a time in my life where like i didn't know it was happening and like for yeah. me it's it's just like being okay with not being okay and having Definitely. like someone else know it sounds horrible like you don't want to tell anybody because it's like you try to deal with it yourself but like the The only way to really deal with it is to tell other people, either it's, like, a therapist and or, like, my mom in my case, even, like, your significant other, because, like, once they know, like, something, like, triggers, like, especially for him, like, he always asks me, like, is it okay if, like, we snuggle? Or, like, and I'm, like, no, it's not okay tonight. He's, like, okay, that's fine. And I'm, like, wait, someone that actually respects my boundaries? Like, that's really fascinating to hear. Having that, like, healthy relationship with yourself and just being, like, it's okay to, like, not be okay, which sounds, like, so cliche, but... No, it's it's so
0: true. And Mm -hmm. I agree completely, especially thinking about therapy and recovery and how there's no rush for it like you said, it feels like, especially when you're dealing with comparisons and you look at other people who it feels like they've recovered completely. And regardless of how much time that took, you're going at your own pace and yeah. feeling like you need to go faster than you are is only going to make things worse. It
1: so, does make it hundred percent worse. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think just recognizing that there's no time frame that you need to meet for any of this stuff and it'll happen. You just have to be willing to take the steps that are necessary. And the first first one I think just as you said is telling people speaking up and uh it really does feel so freeing when you are able to do that so um I'm really glad that you decided to not unsubmit the video and yeah uh,
1: like I said I was literally so nervous doing this and now like I feel like I can literally like have my day go it's normal because I literally like blocked off my whole day like I have to work like I get like the phone at two o'clock to like be on duty in my hall um and I was like full-on like ready just to be like i'm just gonna lay in my bed all day like this isn't gonna happen and now i'm like i just like want to go like it's 50 degrees outside of michigan i'm like i'm gonna go in <laughs> hammock outside in the cold yeah. like <laughs> and stuff like that so like honestly Dude, like, this, i love it yeah this has made me feel like it's just nice to know like that this is like like a safe place but it's not like a typical safe place we're gonna have fun with it instead of like making it super serious because like i was like so certain i was like i'm gonna cry like this is it like i never talk about this so, like not cry and i'm like wait, I haven't like even shed a tear. Like I'm freaking smiling more than I would
0: Yeah, (laughs) I love it.
1: So I just want to thank you for like doing this because it just makes me feel like I'm not different. Um, And like there's people out there that are the same.
0: Oh Well, thank you so much for saying that. And the feeling is so mutual.
1: I just want to say thank you for reaching out. Cause like I said, I didn't think that you would actually reach me. I was like, it's just going to be buried. Like he's never going to find this. I was like, I'm not too cool. Like my trauma's not good enough to be on here. Apparently it is.
0: Hey, it's all qualified. You know, there's no, there's no set thing that you have to go through or anything like that. It's just being open about your experiences.
1: When I found it, I was like, Wait, these are my people kind of thing and then like now i'm like watching all of them i was like this is kind of crazy like how much we all have in common and i know i just want to say like i can't say thank you enough for doing this because like it just seems like so comfortable for me to talk about it and like just to share like my really whacked up childhood experience
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much ashley yeah thank you so much (laughs) we'll talk again soon
1: okay beautiful see ya all
0: right see ya